0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson. I'm the Managing Editor of Reader Views in Austin, Texas.
1: And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 153 in our series. Tonight's topic will be writing and self-publishing cookbooks with special guest Ruby D. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is AuthorsAccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at AuthorsAccess.com. Tonight we are on the line with Ruby D. Philippa, the lead singer of the Grammy-nominated high-octane Roots and Rockabilly act, Ruby D. and the Snake Handlers, raised in both Northern California foothill ranches, and the cotton and oil fields of the Texas Panhandle, Ruby has worked on fishing boats in Alaska, lived in South America, and toured most of the U.S. and Europe. Her travels have inspired her devotion to Americana, which celebrates the melting pot heritage of our country. Previously, Ruby has owned three successful restaurants in Seattle, Washington, until she finally settled down as a musician in Austin, Texas, where she lives today. Her book, Ruby's Juke Joint Americana Cookbook, is a veritable feast of down-home recipes meant to be enjoyed with family and friends. Well, good evening, Ruby.
2: Good evening. You said that all so beautifully. Thank you. Well, It's it's great talking to you.
0: We've never talked to anybody that actually successfully published a um, cookbook, so this is a real pleasure. And I would like to know, like, how did you get started? Did you, like, collect recipes, or how does one start a cookbook?
2: Ah, well, um, a little bit of um, collecting recipes and a little bit on um, a whole lot of um, self-determined ideas, you know, ideating, if you will. Um, my, both my grandmothers and both sides of my family were excellent cooks, mm-hmm. and so I got to learn a lot about different types of cultural cooking, um hanging out with both of my grandmothers in their kitchens. And I have a few of those recipes in my recipe tin here at home. Um but then the bulk of my cookbook is um from ideas that I've come up with over the years, um, from flavors that I just love. And so obviously all the recipes are tested then. Oh yes, absolutely. I have a, a guinea pig living at home with me, my husband. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, and so how does one decide? Now, you decided on Americana. Um, You know, as a reviewer, we get all kinds of different books, cookbooks for review, and most of them are usually targeted on, you know, let's say, slow cookers or chocolate or, you know, something like that. But yours is a real variety. So how does one decide, or, or how did you decide that you're going to do
2: a variety of recipes? Well, I think generally if somebody wants to write a cookbook, they need to decide what is the thing that's closest and dearest to their heart. And for me, um, the variety of recipes that you see in my cookbook are really um, the based on the plethora of flavors that we have all across this country, which I've fallen in love with, because I am a touring musician. I get the chance to go all over the country and taste all these different flavors that excite me and get me thinking about what I want to cook at home. So I've created recipes at home based on the flavors that I've tasted out on the road. You know what I mean? And so um, I'm, I, I love those things. Those are close and very dear to my heart, and that's why I came up with what I call Americana cuisine. Um, anybody who's going to write a cookbook, I suggest that they write about what they know and what they love.
1: Absolutely. No no better advice than than write about what you love. No one wants to read a cookbook about something that they don't like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. All right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about your journey. Take us on the trip of uh, from where you went to shopping your book to, to finally getting it in print.
2: Sure. Well, originally when I wrote the book, I wasn't intending to write a book. I was writing down the recipes that my friends and family had been asking me to write down for years. So, um, And it was a little bit of cognitive therapy from this accident that I had been in, so I was helping myself to... from an accident and after a few months of writing i realized i have some makings of a cookbook here maybe because along with each recipe i was writing little anecdotes about life on the road or what made that recipe americana or somehow was tying all the recipes together which if the ingredients didn't do that already then my little stories do and so and then i started getting the idea of Putting together a CD to go with the book, and so I started shopping that around. Before I was done, I I had most of the recipes written down, and I had most of the stories done, but I needed to finish taking photos, and I needed to put the CD together. Um, It was a pretty big scale project if you're talking about an independently done book, you know, cookbook. Um, And so I started going online and looking through agents. And there are places online where you can find the listings of agents, so I did that. And I wrote to hundreds of agents <laughs> and received hundreds of rejections. <laughs> and I also wrote to um, all of the major publishing houses and uh, minority publishing houses as well. Um, or, you know, the minor publishing houses as well. And received some rejections and some, uh, but all the rejections I have to tell you um, that I received were very helpful, very positive. Oh, we're not interested in that, or oh, it's not something that we would do, but you should look into this, or contact and So people were very friendly and very helpful. So any lead or any suggestion that anybody made, I followed up on. I didn't leave any stone unturned. And then, um, you know, meanwhile, while I'm waiting for rejection letters to come in, um, a family member suggested to me that I check out independent publishing, self-publishing. So I went online and I looked at, you know, uh, there's a number of those self-publishing houses, Lulu, and um, I think Amazon does one. There are a number of them. And uh, and so I looked them up, and I started actually putting together, okay, what would this look like? What would my packet be? And I got the pricing figured out, and I figured out what I would have to do. And then, lo and behold, I actually got an acceptance letter while I was in the process of setting all this up with this, you know, with the self-publishing. The acceptance letter was from a publisher who primarily deals with um, uh, educational books and so because you know, they were very interested in, they were interested in my story, they were interested in the book, the concept, everything but because they don't have a cookbook section of their publishing house they asked me to do something that uh, was a bit unusual. They asked me to create my own press so I came up with my own press title and then it would be a subsidiary of their press. So there was the umbrella publishing house that doesn't have anything to do with cookbooks, and then my little press that has one cookbook. (laughs) And basically what it was was like a hybrid between self-publishing and going through a regular publisher, you know what I mean? Um, They provided the services. They provided the the, the printer, the pre-production and post-production itineraries with all the timelines and tasks and everything that I needed to have done by a certain time, and they gave me really great information that I wouldn't have had otherwise. They set me up with publicity. Um, but the biggest thing that they put me in contact with that I never would have got on my own was distribution. The distribution deal that I got through them was amazing. So it was kind of like a, a clearinghouse, if you will, of or, or they were like a contractor, more or less, of all of these things that they provided for me. I still own the rights to my book, but... Here's here's where it comes together like um, self-publishing. Every service had a price tag, so it was very expensive. But then again, my book is a success. It's out there. It's in the world. So um, that was my (laughs) path.
1: Well, that's an interesting story, and uh, a lot of authors do go that way. And I'm seeing uh, more and more of these, uh, for lack of a better word, private label, label imprints where a publishing company will basically set up an author with uh, an imprint so they may go on and do two or three books or or whatever they want to do and it's all like that
2: right right and like I said it's like a hybrid it's it's a bit like self-publishing and a bit like going with the publisher you get all the benefits from both uh,
1: I'm always a, a technical sort of geek so I know color books can be expensive did you have to do anything to keep your color book affordable or, and the other thing I wanted to know is uh, cookbooks, people usually want a special binding so that they lie flat on the counter when they're cooking. Did you have to deal with any of that? Mm, uh,
2: yes and no. Yes to the first question, no to the second. Um, in order to keep the cost down, because I did want to go full color, I, I mean, there are cookbooks out there that are black and white, but those aren't as attractive. I wanted my cookbook to be full color, and I had this idea. I wanted it to be a certain size, 8 by 8, and I, there were um, certain um, finishes that you need to have on the cover and finishes on the paperwork on the inside that um, do add to the cost as well as the color. And so in order to keep the cost down, I had to order, I had to make sure that we printed um, a higher number of books than I would have printed otherwise. So for instance, if you go to the self-publishing, one of these places online, like Lulu or something like that, um, you don't have to publish any, let alone a lot. You, you, know, you could print 50 and then just have them on demand, but then that makes your cost go up. With these folks, I, I had to print in the thousands to keep the cost down. So that was one thing. And what was the second part of the question?
1: Oh, I was just wondering about uh, special cookbook bindings. You often see like... Oh,
2: the binding. Right? Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I, I did a um, what's called a perfect binding. Which then you you can lay it flat if you want to, but it, it, it does hold the pages better so that if you do lay it flat, they won't start flitting all over the place. Um, it's also just a very attractive finish, <laughs> and um, and it's hit the book. It's an eight by eight. It's an unusual size, and um, so there was a custom cut at the printing press that that they needed to do, um, which again added to the price. But it just it's. It looks so good,
0: it really does look good, and I want to ask you, Ruby, about the photos that did you take the photos of the dishes yourself, or did you have actually a professional photographer do them? I took the photos and <clears throat>
2: you can tell that I don't have a, a studio, so some of the photos are really beautiful because the light was right and and it looked nice and clear, and some of the photos are a little blurry because it was a little overcast that day, and I didn't have enough light mm-hmm. um, and I've, I've heard um, pluses and minuses about that. Some people love the fact that they're obviously independently taken photos, you know, by a non professional, and some people have complained about that. So I guess it depends on which side of the tracks you like. Right.
0: And uh, so when you took these photos then, was there, did you have to do a lot of work with them to get them formatted a specific way for this particular printer? Was there a lot of work to
2: be done on your part? No, well, no. As I went along and was cooking dish after dish and taking the photos, I, I became more adept at um, making sure that the, the, you know, that the photos looked better. Um, I started preparing them and presenting them in a way and taking the photos in a certain area. We have a little back porch had we have a white table on that and then that reflects the light properly. So it was almost like I was creating a little photo box that I could take the photos in on uh-huh. the back <laughs> So I, as I took the photos, I became better and better at it. Um, as far as the process, no, I just saved them in as high resolution a format as I could on my computer. I would I would take the photos and drop them directly into the computer. I didn't do anything to them. I let the person who did the layout of the book um, um, determine if they were going to do close in on an object or. Use the whole photo or whatever, however they want to use it.
0: What about the CD? Now you have a CD at the back, and uh, it's a really neat CD. And of course, this is your own recordings. And uh, tell
2: us the process of that. Well, sure. Um, because I'm a professional musician, um, I have a lot of experience with putting together a CD. What you do is you go and you record. You mix the music, you master the music, you then make sure that all of the songs will moderate so that you don't get from song one to song two all of a sudden the volume drops or goes up and screeches, and then you send that in to be printed. Um, there are a number of houses that are similar to these self-publishing houses that will print CDs for you in replication or in duplication um, at very inexpensive rates with you know whatever kind of a uh, jewel box or no jewel box, for instance, these I don't I don't have a cover that they get inserted into the back of the book. Um, but this CD in particular, I only have one song on there. I wanted to present people with a picnic of flavors, for instance, in the cookbook with all the different recipes, and also with a picnic of sounds, if you will. So I gathered songs from a number of friends of mine who are musicians. Um, really great musicians, um, many of them from here from here in Austin, Texas, but also musicians from elsewhere as well, and um, had everybody donate a song. And so there are 14 great songs by 14 great different musicians, um, all to do with, you know, something that makes you want to cook or something to do with food. So that's how it ties into the, the book. So were there any copyright
0: issues on the CD that you have, being that you had people, you said, donate don't them.
2: Ah, right. I don't own the rights to their songs. They own the rights to their songs. There's um, Much like if you take a quote from somebody's book, you have to have permission to use that quote. Um, exact same thing with the music. I had to get permission to replicate their songs and sell them on the CD with this book. So they will get the uh, royalties for whatever however many plays that maybe their songs get, if it gets played on the radio, from the CD. Um, and in order for me to link each song to the correct person, there's um, a site that you go to that you that you log in and you enter in, okay, I'm going to be printing this many CDs with this person's song, whether you recorded it yourself again or whether you're using their actual recording. Um, it's a It's a website that you go to that you... You log in and you make sure that people, the appropriate people get the appropriate royalties. And that's what I did. <laughs> okay, great. Now, what about the fact that uh,
0: how did you get this packaged? Obviously, the publisher did this for you. Did, did you actually have the CDs you created yourself and then sent them to the publisher? Or how did that work?
2: Yes, I did. I because I'm familiar with where to get things like that published. I, I I I can do the music side of things. I just had I never had experience with the book side of things, so they let me handle the music side. Um, I sent the CD off to be printed. I had them printed and then sent to the printing house. The printing house had staff insert the CDs into these plastic sleeves that then affixed to the back inside of the book so there was a little bit of labor involved They they, they there was a price tag for that too <laughs> um, but uh, but they let me handle that one piece of it because it was something I was familiar with
1: great I was curious about that too because uh, I've always wanted to do a CD bound in book but I've never, never been able to pull it off so
2: oh well we'll here. talk after, we're, after <laughs> we're done with the interview I'm, I'm happy to tell you more information about that
1: <laughs> awesome now let's, let's head over to the uh, publicity side. Have you approached uh, food critics or are there people who specialize in reviewing cookbooks? Uh, give me an idea.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Here's the other thing. For so many years, I've handled the publicity for my band. Um, when, when we have a major release or when we're doing a major tour, we hire a publicist but, uh, who does the PR for us and gets out there. But otherwise, if we're just doing regular day-to-day Anything, regular day-to-day gigs, or we're re-releasing something. It's not a big deal, and so I handle it. So I'm very familiar with how to access um, different aspects of the media, whether it's print, radio, or TV, and how to follow up and how to write, you know, bios and cover letters and so forth. So, um, so the publisher set me up with a publicist, and working with the publicist, they allowed me to write all of those pieces, I wrote my bio, I wrote press releases, I had the pictures taken, I even did the video that they requested that I have made that was posted on my website as well as they were able to use it for, you know, promotional purposes. Um, and like I said, they provided me with that pre-production and post-production itineraries with all of the things that they wanted by specific date. And so the publicist did basically the same thing. They let me know what they needed and I provided it for them. They open doors that I would not have been able to open on my own. There's, there's a little something to be said for uh, having somebody professional knock on doors for you. You know they've got their he- their, their um, heading on their on their paperwork and the signature and their contact information. just it's, it's, it's a little more professional. Even if there's even if the media and the public are going to get the same response and the same result it opens doors to have a publicist do the work for you. So if somebody's not familiar with writing bios and press releases and so forth, I would suggest if they're going to hire a publicist, which I do suggest, then then they should have them write all of that for them. But if you if there's a way that you can work out where you can do a little bit of the work yourself and you're familiar with it and you know exactly what to do, how to do it correctly, then see if you can do that yourself. Does that make sense? Oh,
1: yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So so I did a lot of that footwork myself, and they contacted probably, I think, thousands <laughs> of media contacts that they had out there. Uh, when their campaign ended, they handed over to me a spreadsheet of all of the contacts that were still uncompleted, and I was able to follow up with them, which was very sweet of them to do. They didn't have to do that. They did that. They yeah. did that information with me. Um, and so I'm continuing to follow up because I know how to do that. Um, otherwise, uh, I, I, and, and uh, in addition to that, prior to their campaign starting, I had done some of the footwork myself. I had started um, contacting local press, contacting local radio stations, um, and people who had done reviews of my restaurants and so forth in the past, people who I knew who knew me. And so I already had some contacts that I was able to set up interviews and reviews with prior to the campaign starting. Um, Also, uh, I took into consideration, or I I, I took very seriously the the pre-production list, the itinerary that the publisher had given me, and I set up everything they asked me to set up, not only my own website, but also there's all the you have to do, a YouTube site and a Google site and an iTunes site, and there's all these different places you need to go to set up presences, whether it's for people to be able to... Contact you for payment or to sell your book or whatever. As an author, it's important to have presence on all these sites, and so I get all of that due diligence as well. It's something that a publicist may have done for me if I had had the money to pay them.
1: <laughs> right, it's never a never-ending process. Um, did you go that's as
2: a far? Lot of work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> People <laughs> think when they write the book it's over. I'm telling you, honey, oh, that's yeah. barely started. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, oh, did you go as far as doing advanced review copies?
2: I'm sorry, did I do what? Uh,
1: advanced review copies. I out.
2: did. I, I did. There's a number of reviewers that are out there, book review sites that you can access, um, Midwest Book Review, Reader Reviews. Reader yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I <laughs> for instance. Um and so I did send out books to anybody that I could, you know, with the preliminary emails to say, Here I am, the book's coming out, pay attention, I will be sending it to you soon and, and uh I have yet to hear back from some of these places. But um and the book's been out for a few months, so <laughs> um but there's also there's um, um uh, what are they called? Uh um Contest that you can enter to get, you know, to see if your, your your book can get a little, um, little blue ribbon next to it when it's when it's posted in a bookstore or somewhere. Um, so that's another thing to look into if you're going to be an author of whatever type of book, whether it's a cookbook or anything else.
1: Great, and and now the sixty-four thousand dollar question: What would you do differently if you were starting over and you could? Go visit yourself before you embarked on the journey.
2: Ah. Oh, you had to ask me a question I wouldn't know how to answer. That's amazing. Uh, but, take better photos to begin with? Um, well, okay, here's an answer. Here's the answer to that. I had a friend who had asked me way back when, before I even started the cookbook, if, if, uh, if I knew anybody who wanted who wanted to put a cookbook out because she wanted to do this layout. She had never done a book layout before, and she thought it would be great to be able to do a cookbook layout. She had a card company, and she did um, greeting cards and business cards and things like that, but she wanted to try her hand at doing a cookbook. So when I put the cookbook together, and when I started to put it together, I asked her to do the layout, and she took it on with a vengeance. She did a really great job. She was doing wonderfully. And I would send her photos and I would send her updates and as I was doing editing I was sending her edits and then she disappeared. And she lives halfway around the world. This was the thing that I would change. I wouldn't hire oh someone my God. to do anything <laughs> who lives halfway around the world. I kept emailing her and you know, Facebooking and everything else, every way I, I called her, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, my time, I knew she might be home and, and tried all these different times to get in touch with her. She never got back to me. I think she fell off to the face of the earth, really, with personal things that were going on in her life, but it left me holding the bag with my book a month before it was due for final edits at the publisher. So I had to, last minute, scramble, find somebody who could take the book from scratch from scratch, from the start, and redo the entire layout, which actually in the end worked out better because the guy who ended up doing the book did an incredible job in a month. But the headache and the stress that I went through, I wouldn't want to do that again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially if it's, you know, all of a sudden you find out the months before it's supposed to go to press that you have nothing. Uh, yeah, this could be a yeah. real panic. <laughs> yeah. Ruby, um, I want to talk about naming, titling the cookbook. You, you know, a lot of cookbooks that we get here are 100 best recipes of this, this, and 50, you know, 300 recipes. And, or you know it just and I'm just wondering how come your book is Ruby's our Armonic American- Americana yeah.
2: Cookbook. I'm a songwriter, uh-huh. so everything that I write has to have a little bit of a rhythm to it and it gives a visual as well as a taste as well as a sound, everything. It all tied together. Um, and so the title came to me as a way to give somebody a good idea of what was going to be inside. So if you were to just look at the cover, you would get an idea, hmm, I think I know what I might find in that book. Whereas, if you look at something that just says "100 Best Recipes," you're right. Yeah, you you have no idea. It could be anything. Okay, that's that's fair enough. And part of it. Wait, I I, I'm sorry. And I do. There's another side to that answer (laughs) to that question, and that is that years ago, uh, when I stopped owning restaurants, some friends got together, raised some money, brought it to me, and said, "We want you to open another restaurant. What would you call it?" And at the time, I was doing a lot of barbecuing and a lot of uh, more roots down home cooking that reminded me of where I'd grown up, and so I said, well, it would be Ruby's Juke Joint, you know? uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and I started looking around for a place to open, and then I realized, guys, you know what? I go on the road too often. This isn't fair to you, your money, anybody. This isn't fair to anybody. I can't do it, so I gave them their money back and um, went on my merry way, and but kept the idea, the name, so that's where really the name came from, Ruby 2 Joint. I wanted to just ask um, a little bit about um,
0: the cost of this. Now, you know, there, um, what you were telling me is uh, you were able to create this imprint, but there were all these costs for different things. And I'm wondering if you felt that maybe some of these were exceeding costs or would it be would have been different if you actually self-published yourself through one of the self-publishing companies? I, you know, what are the pros and cons to what, the way
2: you went? Sure, sure. Well, I'll tell you right now. Um, if I had gone through one of these self-publishing companies, there's no way I would have opened half the doors that were open for me through the publicist, nor would I have had the distribution that I have, which I have the most amazing distribution deal. These these folks that the uh, publisher set me up with are one of the top three distributors distributors in, in the States and also overseas and in, in Canada. They distribute in a number of places. Um, so those two connections, those two realities that I have connected to the book i never would have got on my own with a self-publisher but everything has a price tag and so it really depends on what's more important to you Is, is being penurious more important to you or getting your book out there to perhaps more people more places than you ever would have dreamed of really that then that whatever your answer is to that that's the direction you need to go so um You know, the things that I ended up paying for, I paid for the printing. I paid for the pre-production on the book, the the layout. I had to pay that guy. (laughs) Um, um, I paid to have my website created. And actually, the the same gentleman who did the book layout did my website, which was very useful because he made them look so much alike. He did a great job on both. Um, I paid for the... Publisher had a gal who was somewhat like a contractor. She she was the one who sent me all of the paperwork that were the pre-production and post-production itineraries with the timelines and tasks to be done. Um, She also uh, held my hand when I was dealing with you know the introduction to the, the distributor and the publicist and so forth. So, like I said before, there was a lot that I knew already, but because she was this. Intermediary, interact. She interacted with me and these all these entities. Um, I think she greased the way, made Mm -hmm. it a lot easier for me to get more done in a timely manner. Um, So I paid for that. So Um, I also had to pay the publicist. I I had a choice. I could have done a two-week campaign, a six-week campaign, a ten-week campaign, or more. And I chose the six-week campaign, knowing full well that I would do. Um, some due diligence and footwork before the campaign started, as well as being able to follow through and carry on afterwards. Um, but there was a price tag for that, as well as uh, postage costs and having the CDs printed and sent and, um, oh, gosh, what else? Well, uh, when I sell the books now, I have to send them all. <laughs> so, uh, but... Shall I tell you the price tag of everything? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, to print 3,000 books uh, and to have the the printing, the publicist, the distribution, the website, the layout of the book, everything, all the entire price tag for everything before I finally got books in hand and... for 3000 books. For 40000 Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Um, but that covers the publicist, the distribution, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. printing, the website, everything. So, you know, you knock off, you know, if you don't do the website, that knocks off $2,000. And if you yeah. Yeah. don't have somebody lay the book out, if you do it yourself or do it through self-publishing on, online, knock off another four thousand or five thousand. Of course. Yeah. Things like that. Um, you know, the, the total product and the, the the final book with the CD and everything inside ended up costing me just over $14 per book. Uh-huh. And so, you know, when I sell the book for twenty one ninety five 95 and somebody actually pays that to me, great. I get, you know, a little, a little over $7 profit back in my pocket. But because so many books get sold through Amazon and Barnes & Noble and through iPad and Kindle and so forth, where they take cuts, they take steep cuts, so often close to, you know, 50%. Right. And all. Um, well, then you're talking, um, what is that time? 60. I'm getting just sometimes even just below the cost of the book. Actually. Right. And so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm making close to my money back. But then my point my goal was not to make money necessarily
0: but to get the book out there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So would you would you go the Would well, you go this uh, road route again, Ruby? Would you do this again this way? Yes, absolutely. Yes? Yes. And you do feel that you know the forty thousand dollars was well worth it and you've learned a lot obviously for next time too, but this is something that you feel that eventually the cost will be a wash and uh, you know, possibility of making money
2: once it's all paid for. Well, yes, and, mm-hmm. and and actually, I'm I'm making that money back, so I will have that money back again and and be done. <laughs> um, but also, there are there's the potential for more income because when I go to reprint the books. Um, there won't be the additional cost of the website or the layout or the publicist, any of that again. So it, dro- it lowers the cost of the, the reprint considerably. Um, also, what was the other point I was going to say? I don't remember. So that's that's the only also. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I know what the also was. I know it was. Oh, okay. It was, um, the book is also available on, you know, Kindle and iPad. There's no, the, the additional cost, to have it translated to the electronic format, that was another one of the costs that I had, but that doesn't have to happen again. So those are sales that are in addition to the, the hard copy of the book. So that's nice. It's like, it's like getting a kit on top of paying for the meal. Exactly. You know I mean?
0: So aren't people actually buying a cookbook on Kindle?
2: Yes, they are. Really? Yes. Okay, I mean, I'm not questioning you. I'm just, like, surprised. <laughs> oh, no, it's great because it also comes with the download. Of the the music, so you can download the book and the music onto your Kindle or iPad and carry it around with you wherever you go. It's pretty cool. Well, it sure is. Well, gosh, Ruby, this you've just
0: been a real book full of information. <laughs> I, well, good. I hope so. uh, yeah, I know that a lot of our listeners that if they have intentions or goals of creating a cookbook, I'm sure that this will really help. What is your website address so that our listeners can go and visit you there?
2: Oh, great. Thank you. It's rubiesjukjoint.com. Just exactly the same
0: as your book, Ruby's Juke Joint, Americana Cookbook. And, um, again, thanks a lot for uh, showing up, telling us all these wonderful things, and, you know, just being really upfront at what it costs you and um, how you feel about it. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much, and hopefully I didn't scare anybody off too much from publishing their own cookbook.
0: Well... <laughs> I think, you know, what you have said, Ruby, was there are choices, and this was your choice. But, um, you know, others can go the same route, or they can self-publish themselves and probably end up paying the same amount anyway, so. All right.
2: well, and like I said, it's it's really, do you want to go the route of being penurious, or do you want to go the route of getting your book out there? Mm-hmm. Which, which way do you want to go and go that route?
1: Great. This has been another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. Stay tuned for the next episode, Writing and Publishing African American Books with special guest Yvonne Rose. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to Info at AuthorsAccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Human Press.
0: And for Reader Views, this is Irene Watson in Austin, Texas, saying good night.
1: And I'm Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan. wishing you all a good evening.